Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. What are you trying to prove here anyway? I'm studying the effect of negative reinforcement. Mackey and Judd. The effect? I'll tell you what the effect is. It's pissing me off. On 1500 ESPN. Email from, <laughs> email from Tracy. Hope you two have lots of vacation coming up so we can have fill-in hosts that we can actually listen to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Enjoying the show, clearly. I mean, there are a lot of other things you could listen to. I, I always appreciate people who just hate listen to our show or any show. Like in 2018, there's so many things you could consume. You could, you know, there's a whole list. Like you could spend the next 10 minutes, all the options to fill your ears with wonderful audio, talk, or music. And yep. people choose to hate listen to us. It's actually an honor. I'm trying to think of Thank the last. You, Tracy. I'm trying to think of the last show that I did that with. I'm trying to think of if there has been a show where you just grinded just, your teeth. Yeah, I just got more and more upset, <laughs> but I wouldn't turn it because I was just so happy by being upset about it. The ride? <laughs> nah, nah, I just turn that sometimes. Judd and Fun? <laughs> wow. Wow. Your own show. <laughs> you get done talking and like for the next minute and a half, you're just like, Ugh. That didn't happen uh, to me. I'm willing to bet that that's uh, taken place in this town before. Yeah. Oh, I'm willing to yeah. bet there have been some oh, shows. for I'm sure. I'm willing to bet there have been some shows in this town before where that exact thing has happened. <laughs> Hate listen to your own show uh, live. It's hilarious. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. The Derek Rose vent lines are open if you want to chime in at some point. Saw this story yesterday, and I don't know if it's official, but the Rays are apparently considering this. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't follow their entire philosophy of getting rid of all their really good players who are under team-friendly contracts, but this part of it is intriguing. So they've lost two of their top young pitching prospects. Both were maybe projected to be number five starters to start the season. Brent Honeywell, who's one of the top five or six pitching prospects in the world right now, who's yet to service in the big leagues. Tommy John surgery. Mm -hmm. And now Jose DeLeon, twins dodged a bullet. They almost traded for him last offseason. And uh, he's going under the knife, Tommy John surgery. And he's basically been hurt for two years now. Yes, yes. It's uh, it's not been good for him. So the Rays, without a great option or a talented pitcher to slot into their number 5 role, are considering just using a four-man starting pitching rotation. And then on that fifth day, so they're not going to just go like three days rest. They're going to go on that fifth day of bullpen game. And I love this idea. I think teams like the Twins, if you don't get what you want out of Phil Hughes or... You got this collection of meh options in that fifth spot. Let's say those guys, let's just pick one. Let's let's say Phil Hughes. He's your number five starter. And he's going to put up an ERA of almost five. Well, why send him out there 
for like 150 innings this season with an ERA of four and a half or five, which is just asking to get beat, right? Mm-hmm. When you could just maybe do a better job of managing your bullpen. And if you look at the seven or eight guys that are going to be regulars in your bullpen, all of them are going to have, you would hope, ERA is well below five. At least, there's at least going to be like four or five guys in your bullpen that have respectable ERAs in those short bursts of, you know, one inning here, one and two thirds over there. Wouldn't that make more sense? Like to put differently, you've got this canvas of innings. You, you got you to gotta fill up this canvas of innings over the course of 162 games. And you've only got four starting pitchers that you trust. Why not be more creative filling out the rest of those innings? You don't have to feel obligated to put a sacrificial you, lamb starter out there once every five days to get hammered for five innings, right? You don't even need really a, a fifth starter until about May 1st, correct? I, I think with off days that are built into the schedule in April, right? But a the Rays are going to do it all right. season. I think this is. There's a lot of things that are are happening in baseball, especially when it comes to uses of the bullpen and rotations now that are changing. And I think this makes perfect sense. It makes absolutely perfect yeah. sense. There's no there's no reason not to try this for sure. Now, if it blows up and it completely doesn't work, I could see saying, okay, it didn't work. But if you think about it, give I don't think that you could give me any reason not to do it to well, say, oh no no that's crazy. So the reason would be you've got to manage for durability and workload and all those things over six months. And you saw in the playoffs, this is the optimal strategy in the playoffs, where maybe you've got a number three starter that you don't want facing that Astros lineup for a third time. So you, so, you, so these managers have a quick hook. Like, Well, the Yankees are a great example in the playoff game. In a regular season game, you'd never pull Luis Severino after giving up three runs in the first inning. Mm-hmm. You would let him work out of it. Can you still give us five innings, maybe give up four runs? Can you stop the bleeding? Because... There's another game tomorrow and the day after that. But in and the one game playoff, you get a day it off. Makes, it makes perfect sense to do. Yep. It. Yeah. So the so the not like in a vacuum, if I have a game today and my options are this kind of crappy number five starter who has a four and a half or a five ERA, but eats innings. Like if it's just in a vacuum one game, and that's option number one. And option number two is here are five guys with ERAs of two or three in your bullpen. That can all go an inning or two yep. and get you get you nine full innings. Like you would always choose the bullpen game, and the only reason why you wouldn't over the long run is you'd wear those arms out if I was you didn't say, stagger the rest enough. So I, I guess the question would become if, if there was to be a big concern about it, I guess the question would be okay, if you come back the next day and and you go back to your number one starter and he struggles and now you gotta go to the bullpen again. But still, it's worth have, a try. Can you save two or three guys? Yeah. yeah. You know what? There there is it's worth trying. Don't Makes forget, sense. though, uh, that's uh, the problem I have. with You're also limiting yourself on the front end. When you've got the fourth guy in your rotation going before, you got to say, well, okay, he's struggling. Uh, we've, we're going to need four innings out of our bullpen this game, but I can't use this guy, this guy, this guy, and that guy because they're slated to pitch tomorrow. Yes, so you'd have you'd have a buffer. <laughs> now, there are some guys you could go back-to-back days with. But but this gets to the idea that, that the Twins used consistently last year, which is... They're not humans, they're machines, and so we, we can replace them. Like put a guy on the disabled yes. list for so after so if, So, Dave, if you go down the path that you just did, and that game gets done, and let's say your fourth starter has struggled a bit, and so you had to dip into your bullpen before you expected, well, oh my gosh, we got to put someone on the DL. Yeah. And you go to Rochester, and you get a body. Because this is partially about that, right? This is partially about... Swapping out arms and and it's not about perfection, 
But I could see why you you would say to yourself, this might be a better option than starting just some slappy fifth starter who, who you're going to try and get the most from, and who's consistently might not be able to. Do I think it. it's also worth noting too that if you if you planned for this, you'd have you, you have four starting pitchers that you trust to go maybe a second third like a third time through the order, and then you'd have eight guys to round out your twelve man bullpen. That ideally, most of them could go two innings. Maybe one or two of them could go three innings. So you wouldn't. Yep. It wouldn't just be one inning bursts. You would. You would train these guys throughout the system to be able to pitch multiple innings. I think we're like we're so pigeonholed into starting pitchers go six or seven and relievers go one or two. Well, there's probably pitchers all over the league. Like Mike Pelfrey might be one of these guys. Probably shouldn't. And he retired. Probably shouldn't be going seven innings and facing a lineup for a third time. But you know what? If if a team were to and you and I were on this four years ago. If a team were to ever look at Mike Pelfrey and say, you know what, that dude throws, you know, he's got some pretty decent stuff. If you just put him out there for like two innings or three innings instead, and if he wants to start the game, he can. But once he gets into the sixth or seventh inning and that team has a chance to see him three times, yeah. it's it's going to be bad news. And there's enough hard throwers out there where if you're going to, you know, if you're going to jump in with a bullpen thing, jump in. Don't dip your toe in. Just say, look, we're going to have a 12, 13 man pitching staff. Everybody is limited to three innings. We're going to go, you know, we'll have a rotation of these guys pitch on day one, these guys day two, these guys day three. Mm-hmm. We flip it around and let's just do it. So then Everyone's ha- throwing gas. So then maybe you take that and, like, your Clayton Kershaw, well, that's a bad example because he probably want like, there's probably 15 pitchers that would just be starting pitchers still. But for the for the Jake Odorizzi's, who's a decent starter but not a dominant starter, maybe you still get 200 innings out of him, but instead of it being in 32 games, it's like 45 games. Mm-hmm. And he pitches four innings instead of six, but like we, but we also have these arbitrary well, here's, like pitcher wins that's those five say. innings, and well, let's get the, rid of that. The important yes, team wins the most, matter. Pitcher wins. The don't most matter. important thing to what what you're saying is the pitcher win rule is changed. Yes, because that's the no. I'm serious. But that's no, the, I know you're right. Just you get go rid to of arbitration. It. Just get rid of it. And guess what? It gets brought up in I'm arbitration. Just, I'm just imagining the Cy Young argument at the end of the year. Well, he only he didn't even win a game. Well, he threw 210 innings at right. a 1.5 ERA. Right. How many wins did he have? <laughs> That's Where's the grit? <laughs> Absolutely. It's so ridiculous. Uh, let's take a phone call here. Uh, we're, these are the uh, Derek Rose vent lines, too, if you want to chime in. He's a new Timberwolf as of today. 651-646-8255 in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Hey, Henry. Good afternoon, guys. Um, I'm been enjoying uh, the discussion on the wolves uh, today particularly uh, your insights uh, Phil um, two two quick things one on uh, on the Thibodeau era thus far almost two years in the thing that's disappointed me is with the exception of the notable exception of the addition of Jimmy Butler the defense has not improved appreciably. And uh, you talked about checking all the boxes of what we know that uh, Coach Thibodeau you know, is renowned for. Uh, that's what's disappointed me the most. I thought the defense would have been appreciably better than it was under, say, Sam Mitchell. And I just don't think it has been. Yeah, it is. Like, Thanks for the call, Henry. If you That checklist we made earlier, it's, I mean, winning is one of the checklist items. They have been winning games, and Tom Thibodeau's teams do win games, but... So like injuries and uh, minutes. I think Check. it's a, I think it's a very d- defensively. I think it's a neck and neck race between uh, Tibbs and Butler to see who's more disgusted about the defense this team plays on a nightly basis. Mm-hmm. Butler's not tried to hide that fact, and I I don't know 
It does. I don't know if it doesn't get through because of coaching. I don't know if it doesn't get through because the young players don't listen. But if you look at uh, and Tibbs, Tibbs has tried, I think, to be as calm as possible at times. But there's been after games several times where Butler's flat out disgusted. And we did expect this team by now to be very good defensively. Yeah. So Henry's not wrong on that. Yeah. Um, all right, Matthew wrote we did yesterday. We did our uh, top five. It was pecking order. Who should the Vikings be tampering with? And you put a tight end on the list. Matthew Collar actually wrote extensively about this guy on fifteen hundred ESPN dot com. So let's talk about that with him when we come back here from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. The sooner the better. On 1500 ESPN. You like that? You like that? Yeah, Judd likes that. Lakeville North is on the board. 4-1, to one, Edina. Edina was up 4-rip. This is a snipe then, of a goal. Uh, ooh, right? Glo- gloves, short side, glove side. Lucky. Goes, uh, wow, no, that's that's not luck at all. That's, yeah, that's skill right, right there. there. No, that's skill. That's Got around the defenseman. Goal. Wow, 4-1. Yeah. to one. Classic hockey goal. Uh, let's go to uh, Matthew Collar here from 1500ESPN.com and the Purple Podcast. So uh, let, instead of diving into more quarterback reckless speculation... We can maybe do that at the end of this segment. You have written about a free agent tight end we've talked about on this show before, but Trey Burton um, is going to be out there, and uh, and you can start having those negotiations here in a few days. How likely is it? Tell us more about Trey Burton, and how likely is it that you think the Vikings actually pursue him in your mind? So Trey Burton was the uh, number two tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Maybe people would best remember him for a pass that he threw in the Super Bowl, but he was uh, a pretty significant part of the Eagles' offense, especially when they had to miss Zach Ertz for a couple of games. And he stepped in and was really, really good as their number one tight end when they asked him to be. And uh, he's of the profile of the type of tight end that the Vikings have been looking for for a while and just keep failing on when they draft them in the late rounds. So your Bucky Hodges or your Michael Pruitt, the guy who's a freak athlete, uh, but those two didn't necessarily know how to uh, play football. That was kind of their biggest problem. Yeah. So with, with Burton, he ran a four six two coming out, and he's only 26 years old. So he would be able to slide in to that number two tight end spot behind Kyle Rudolph, but maybe kind of be a 1A. They could use a lot of two tight end sets with him, and he can go down the field and he could go up and get it. Uh, Not much of a blocker as you would expect, but I think he would make them uh, more versatile as an offense and, and really tough when they had two tight ends in the game. And whether they would be interested, I think they absolutely should be. Uh, interested in him because they've been looking for this role and he's got the John D. Filippo connection. So even if it costs a pretty penny to outbid some other teams, I think it would make uh, this Vikings offense even more dangerous. Speaking of that, uh, Collar, if Cousins does sign and, and now your plentiful cap space is certainly uh, down quite a bit, give me a few names of contracts that you would either immediately restructure or if that player objected, release. How could they create more cap space in your mind? The one that comes to mind right away is Latavius Murray, but I got the impression that Mike Zimmer would like to keep Latavius Murray around for obvious reasons. I mean, Delvin Cook was amazing in in four games last year, and I would project him to be one of the best running backs in the league next year, but that's no sure thing with a guy who's coming off the ACL, and uh, there might be a little bit of a slow start to the season especially. And also, they know what type of talented player they have in Delvin Cook, 
So they don't want to run him 400 times and wear him out uh, in the first couple of years of his career. They think he could be around for a really long time. So that's important to have the number two running back. But at the same time, you can create a big chunk of cap space by letting Latavius Murray go. I think it's $4.9 million that you could make by letting him go. So that he might be willing to do a restructure, knowing that his uh, role is going to be different. And, and sometimes you can work those things out so the guy kind of gets his money anyway and you, you, you just reshape the deal, but uh, the, the player is okay with it. So that's a possibility. Kyle Rudolph too, uh, but I think that that's kind of coming more of next year because next year they could release Rudolph with no penalty whatsoever. So if he wants to stick around Minnesota, uh, it might be a good idea for him to restructure that, and they could do that this year. Yeah, we were talking about that too with you know with the obvious Kirk Cousins uh, contract elephant in the room. Like, will that cost you down the road? And Rob Brzezinski has been so good over the years at just finding those little crevices and getting those restructures. That's all, and I don't know how you would rank like Rob Brzezinski compared to the other thirty-one cap guys, but it would it would seem to be a pretty big advantage for the Vikings. I don't know if he's number one, but I know he's not number thirty-two. Um, he's been around for a long time, so like he's almost a little a Swiss Army knife in your front office to help you. Maybe uh, maybe you can afford to take that blow contractually if you do sign Kirk Cousins because he's in your front office. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, and if you're good at it, you almost don't feel like you have a salary cap at all. And, you know, you look at what they did with Everson Griffin. In 2019, they could release Everson Griffin and make up like $8 million in cap space, which likely means we've got a restructure coming at some point for Everson Griffin. I mean, if you know how to how to deal with this cap, then it's a, it's a massive advantage. Although I think most teams have gotten to be pretty good at it. Uh, where it still would limit you, no matter how many contracts you try to restructure, where paying $30 million a year for Kirk Cousins is going to hold you up is just in the sheer amount of talent that you could add, the luxury items, if you will. And, and, a, and a good example from last year would be Philadelphia signing Elshon Jeffrey. I mean, they've signed a bunch of guys that helped them win the Super Bowl this year, but I mean, they, they paid significant dollars for Elshon Jeffrey to come there when he had a, a lot of offers. Uh, and then part of the reason they were able to do that is because they didn't have a giant quarterback contract because Carson Wentz was still on his rookie deal. And Jacksonville spent a lot on Calais Campbell and a couple other players, Barry Church, they added. He's a, a good safety for them, and they were one of the top defenses in the league. And those are moves that they probably wouldn't have been able to make if they were paying $30 million because eventually that, that does hurt you. And I think that's where, the, that's where the equation really stands, that we could talk about a million different things with Kirk Cousins, how good you think he is or, or isn't. But what it really comes down to is that equation. It's Kirk Cousins versus whoever and other players because – you're not going to be able to sign a lot of other free agents, even if you can afford to keep the guys that you got, if you pay Cousins that much. To be clear, though, the the working theory right now, Collar, is that the Vikings could keep their current young players, correct? So, so the Bars and Kendricks and Diggs could be re-signed. What you're talking about is actually going out onto the open market and getting more. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would put it this way if you want to put names to it. It would be Kirk Cousins or... Case Keenum and Josh Sitton, the great uh, guard from Chicago, or Andrew Norwell from uh, Carolina, or Sheldon Richardson. I mean, imagine a defense with Sheldon Richardson 
next to Linval Joseph with the two edge rushers being Hunter and, and Griffin. I mean, that's right. just absolutely terrifying. And, and so when you think about it through those sort of terms, and, and Trey Burton certainly comes into this conversation, instead of trying to just make a reasonable bid for Trey Burton, you could say, I don't care what anyone else is going to pay you. We're going to pay you more because we've got this extra money because we didn't go crazy on our quarterback situation. I mean, that's, that's what this really comes down to. And, and I, I think that's a, a pretty tough decision when it comes to a quarterback that I see as, as being is good, but is he going to hold you up? Is he that much better from the, the players that he would keep you away from and when the value that they would, that they would add. And, and that's where it becomes a little bit difficult for me. Yeah. Uh, do you think so? So Denver is an interesting team here in the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes. Depending on which reports you believe, and there's some that say Denver has been told that uh, that that it's a lock that Cousins is going to the Vikings, and so they're already planning for Plan B and C. I don't know if I buy that yet, but I look at Denver, Kyler, and I, I do see remnants of of a really good defense still, and I see some intriguing pieces if they add a quarterback. But as far as Kirk Cousins looking at the teams that if if money is equal. Denver has such a tough path. First of all, in the AFC, you've got Tom Brady and you've got Ben Roethlisberger, who aren't dead yet. And your division includes three teams that are better than you right now and uh, and three teams with established either coaches or quarterbacks, Phillip Rivers, Andy Reid, uh, Derek Carr. So I don't know. Like if like the Jets clearly are, are – they can offer money but not necessarily winning. If the Broncos and the Vikings can offer money – I think the Vikings have a better chance to go farther than the Broncos do. How do you handicap those those teams? No, I, I think that Minnesota should be number one. It, it's very rare that a team without a quarterback went thirteen and three last year, right? That, that you would be so stacked up at every other position and have a coaching staff that has been in place for a while now. I mean, it doesn't seem like Mike Zimmer or uh, Rick Spielman is going anywhere. And I I think that that matters if if you're coming into an organization. I mean, one of the issues with Cleveland is they just fire people all the time. I mean, is that where you really want to go when you're seeing, you you don't know if the coach that you're buying into is even going to be your coach next year because they just do crazy things all the time. So I I think that that would, the stability would, would really matter to him. The wide receivers should matter to him. His best year, he had Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson, who are two of the 20 best wide receivers in the league. So it would be comparable having Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen in that situation. But I mean, how much the money difference is that's what that's what we can't really tell yet i mean peter king wrote hey you know there could be some sleeper teams that all of a sudden show up mystery teams i love sleeper teams did john Heyman write the same thing we never saw the sleeper (laughs) team coming yeah that's right baseball didn't have a fun free agency so football's got to make up some of the difference right right? yes Uh, i mean but but, but the thing is with, with no bids in it's just a bunch of rumors and somebody tells somebody something. But I mean, if you're Kirk Cousins' agent, don't you want to be pumping up? Hey, the Jets are going to go crazy. Hey, the the Broncos will move heaven and earth, right? Right, Minnesota, right? And at some point, the Vikings have to be priced out. There has to be a point where they say, we just can't go that crazy for this quarterback, even if we really want him. And for Cousins, it's got to be the same equation where you say, all right, man, I know that the Jets aren't in the greatest position right now, but at the same time, they've got a high draft pick, and look at all the mansions and helicopters I can buy with this money. So, I mean, there has to be a point for everybody that could swing this thing, but I think the Vikings are still far in the lead as as the most probable team to land Cousins. 
Uh, your your thoughts on uh, the, the moves that Seattle has made in the past two days? What Michael Bennett yesterday gets traded to Philadelphia, and then it sounds like Sherman is going to be let go this week because he does not want, want to restructure his contract. Do you find these to be uh, wise, proactive moves with a defense that's growing old or basically the teardown of what has been a very good team for a long time? Well, first I want to give Russell Wilson a hug and tell him I'm sorry. That he does not deserve all this. You'd appreciate that, Matthew. He is just one of the best quarterbacks uh, in the NFL. Like He is the elite, and he's now kind of coming into his prime years and watching his team start to fall apart, especially offensive line, his weapons, all those things. Paul Richardson might leave in free agency. So I feel bad for Russell Wilson, for one. Uh, But two, I, I think this is a little bit of like look into the crystal ball of the Minnesota Vikings that this defense is really, really good and could be really, really good for a couple more years, but eventually every defense falls apart. Quarterbacks can last for 10, 15 years if they're great, but defenses, they've got a couple of great years and you better win within those years. And that's actually one of the best arguments for Kirk Cousins is that you've got the defense built up now, so you better win in this window Even if Mike Zimmer doesn't want to talk about windows, you better win in this window because eventually Everson Griffin will get older, Harrison Smith will get past his prime, all these things. Every great defense eventually falls apart, and that's what we're seeing in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, That is, man, that's going to be – Richard Sherman available for teams to sign is going to be an interesting – Surgery on both Achilles, though. That's a, he yeah, tore that's the a, one last year, and it, it sounds like they came out and said it, that he had surgery on the other one as well. So I wonder how he was able to get out of bed. With I have no idea. Achilles, but um, good stuff, Matthew Collar from the Purple Podcast, fifteen hundred ESPN dot com. You guys are uh, going to fire away on Saturday morning again, I presume. We, ten o'clock. Ten o'clock. We will bright cool. and early. Right. And uh, recording a new Purple Podcast today for everybody. Nice, awesome. Bye, Matthew. See you, Collar. Bye. It's the calm before the storm. I'm going to tell you something right now. That I was right about six goals well, being scored. Well, you were right about Lake that. Lake. You were right about that. Did they get the six hit, or is it still five? The picture for a hockey game on this TCL TV is incredible. Oh, oh no, it's this no is, joke. Yeah. I've not sat down and watched a game since we're since or, or, ordinarily when we're on the air. There's not a live game on. The picture on this TCL TV for hockey is remarkable. Yeah, like you can see. This is perfect. You can see like. Skate marks, specific skate marks on the blue line. And just the highlight of the colors is, yes, this is great. Mm-hmm. These are the TCL Broadcast Studios, so it's it's very fitting. I have a terrible Kirk Cousins metaphor for you. I just can't when wait we for come that. Back. Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackie. He's pretty irreplaceable for us. He does a lot of things that go unnoticed. Judd Zolgad. Such a good dude. I have the utmost respect for him. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. This warrants breaking news. Tiger Woods, a tapping birdie after the first hole, par five in Tampa. That's gross abuse of the breaking news sounders, what that is. Gross abuse. I'm going to send an alert out on the 1500 ESPN mobile app here, too. (laughs) Breaking. Tiger Woods, one under, tapping birdie after the first hole. Valspar, right? They're in Tampa. Uh, they are. He hasn't played this tournament ever. I guess no, he hasn't he played the course played. in like 20 years. No, this is not a big tournament. So I don't know how well he's going to fare, but he's one under. After. I forgot I grabbed this. So this was Tiger yesterday talking about just what was to play. I'm ecstatic just to have a chance to play and to play again and to have a chance to, to win golf tournaments and compete. You know, there was a while there where I didn't look like I was ever going to be out here again. And not in the capacity of a, of a professional player. Um, but uh, here I am playing again and it's a lot of fun. He sounds different. Did he sound like he had dental surgery? He sounds or something? like A Rod. He did sound the a start like of A-Rod. that sounds a lot like A Rod. That was weird. 
Um, so yeah, there he is, one under par. Yeah, he hasn't played. Apparently, in his practice round yesterday or whatever the pro am round, he w- he let the group behind. He hit a tee shot in the rough on a hole that he wasn't familiar. with. So he had there it the is. group behind hit the tee shot so that he could see the line of the tee shot, and then they just passed him. And there's six goals. He by just hit six, six to one. No, six to four one. Four forty-three left in the second period, and they're up six to one. Hey, you don't think I'm a hockey mind? I'm no, you dr- said six I'm a goals. Hockey they're mind. gonna exceed that now, but you said six goals after the first goal. It just the, the the goalie for Lakeville North just looked uncomfortable. He wasn't oh. seeing the puck. The second one was the defenseman's fault. There's a lot of great tic tac toe passing happening say, here by Edina. Look Ruck, at that! Boom. The this Edina club looks sort of like the Russians circa 1980. They are very... Uh, they move the puck very well. They're all very Scandinavian. My Minnetonka skippers are in for a tough test, I do believe, despite being the top seed. Yes. Can I throw a terrible Kirk Cousins metaphor slash analogy by you that... Is this the one that occurred to you while you were driving? Yes. It was like a light bulb went off in my head while I was driving around yesterday. Because uh, I had, a, I had a, a friend who was asking me about, like, Keenum and Bridgewater and kind of weighing the options and Cousins, and I think we all agree that those are the three options that are on the table. Mm-hmm. Well, what about like this over here? And if you spend this money over here, and and it's you could you could pair the onion any which direction. Mm-hmm. And I and I envision it this way. This is why I'm on the Kirk Cousins bandwagon. So you're walking in the desert, Judd. You are in uh, you're in the middle of the Sahara or whatever desert you want. All right. And if you don't get water, you're going to die. This is so true. the NFL is the desert. You are the Vikings, and you need a quarterback, a good quarterback, an above average quarterback. That's water. If you don't get that, you're you're gonna die. You're probably not gonna be mm-hmm. in the playoffs and play for Super Bowl. Get right? Lights out for me. So yep. so you are the Vikings. You're in the desert. You need water. All and right. there's three doors in front of you. And you're hoping like you only get one shot. You can only open one door. And uh, door number one, you know there's a bottle of water behind it. When you open door number one, there's but, but like you're drinking out of a bottle right now. It's only about twelve ounces. Mm-hmm. So it might it might be that it's not a jug of water or ice cold water. But you know that it's water. Mm-hmm. That's Kirk Cousins. All right? Maybe he's not the largest jug of water. All right? Maybe he's not Tom Brady, the, the Aaron Rodgers of of water. Maybe it's not uh, going to change your life, but it quenches your thirst, right? right? Yep. Door number two, sometimes it's water. Okay, Case Keenum. Like, you opened it one time, it was water. Yep, the five no. other times you opened it, it was sand. And more sand. Well, it's pretty good water when it was water. Though. I was going to say, but, but it's not always, ju- not always ju- water. There was a big jug, though, the time it was. It was a big jug of water. Or did, 13... or did someone, uh, you know, fill the jug with water and then went to New York, okay. yep. for keep, instance, keep right? Going. Yep. And then door number three hasn't been opened in, like, two years. So you're not really sure. That's Teddy Bridgewater. Like, is, it could, it stu- it, is it stuck? It could be a giant jug of ice-cold water. But you need water. You can't take the risk. Because yep. okay. if you don't get water... You're going to die. This is pretty terrible so the far. The only going. door that has water behind it for sure uh-huh. is door number one, Kirk Cousins. That's my terrible Vikings That's in really... the desert metaphor. Dave, your thoughts on that? <laughs> are there like buildings behind the doors or they're literally just doors in the desert? Well, they're doors that understand. prevent you from seeing what's behind them. You're There's halluc- some walls. You're Again, who's putting doors in the middle of the de- Just a door? Like just well, a frame and a door? Why can't you just go around the door? You don't need to open it. They could be curtains. They could be curtains, random curtains that are in Again, the desert. Again, who's hanging curtains in the desert? It's a hallucination. See, that's the problem. What if you're there so, is no water, period? You're so thirsty, these doors don't really exist. You're going to die regardless. That's the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's horrible. No, but it's true. 
Either way, it's a cactus. You think you think you're you get see- impaled? You think you're seeing 13 more wins in 2018, and the reality is it's three. Oh, we're at seven, by the uh, way. Seven to one now, Edina. At some point, do they just put in the, the running time? No, they'll go um, the junior varsity think, team. You know what? If, if I'm not wrong, I think six goal lead, you go to running time oh, for the really? third period. For the, the entire third period. The Wyzetta Edina game at Mariucci that I went to a week ago Wednesday went to running time for the entire third period, and I think what triggers it is a six goal lead. Okay. If Patrick Wall is coaching Lakeville right now, does he pull the goalie? Oh, for sure. If nothing point? else, there's no point to have him in there. He's not stopping anything. Well, I'd pull First the goalie with, down. I'd pull the goalie with a five goal lead so that like if if <laughs> they score, we get we get to the running time quicker. Um But seriously, that analogy. <laughs> it makes so sense. Someone's building doors in the desert. It makes sense. And then they're hanging curtains. I hope you were concentrating on driving, by the way. Distracted, <laughs> I mean, dri- distracted driving is very dangerous. It's become an <laughs> epidemic in our society. The point- were you staring into the sun? I had sunglasses on. Okay. Yes, $5 gas station sunglasses. The point is, <laughs> there's only one sure thing. Oh. There's only one door with water behind it, and it's the Kirk Cousins door. So the Vikings should avoid the desert, but they should also avoid Teddy Bridgewater and Case Keenum I, if they want to win Rick, the Super Bowl. I think Rick Spielman is the man who is, who, is, uh, who is dying of thirst. That's Rick Spielman. I think Zim is like, Rick, it's a mirage. Don't look at it. Don't. And Rick's like... No, I have to go towards it, Mike. And so he's going to open door one. In but fact, what if the bottle wants to be behind a different door? He might not want to be behind your door at all. So so there's a fourth door that you can't open, but the guy in the Jets jersey who's walking through the desert Correct. with you, like that guy can open the door. Yeah, that, that's also a problem. And if you try all you can to open that door that you think there's guaranteed <laughs> water behind, all of a sudden you open it, what? There's nothing. And then yes. you go to the other doors and like... Cardinals guy walking through the desert takes the bottle of sand behind door number two. Yeah, he took the Keenum. Those <laughs> bottles already pieced out because they, they were upset with he you. He took the Keenum bottle. Did, did you guys see that Teddy was on Twitter last night? Really? And I'm w- out. And at one point he said, I'm out. And then he clarified it with, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm done with it. Tw- was, I'm out. Yes. He said, it was really. He tweets some cryptic it was, stuff. It man. was really bizarre. He at one point tweeted and he didn't put it in proper English that he wanted to be on Twitter, but he didn't know what to tweet. And then, like, an hour after that, he tweeted, I'm out. And then he clarified, clearly somebody said something to him because he clarified it with, I mean, I'm done tweeting for the night. But it was, so was he doing a and a with people or something? I, Dave, could you tell? Here, I'm on his account All right I now. saw was I the tell. I'm out and then the the clarification that somebody had retweeted. It was really weird. Okay, so, oh, so he was he was tweeting a few things yesterday. Yeah, he was he was on a tweeting rampage. Okay. He was tweeting photos. He had some kind of an event where he was with kids yesterday. In the afternoon. I did see that. Yep. Um he had a, uh, he posted something Field of Dreams him in a practice jersey at Winter Park with a big leg brace on. <laughs> I be wanting to tweet That's but honestly one. don't be knowing what to talk about on Twitter. That's the one I'm talking about those. I thank my grandma for all this wisdom and then he started posting pictures. Um you could talk about being a savage, somebody tweeted, and then Bridgewater retweeted. They already know that, though. And then another picture of him and somebody, and then I'm out. And then he retweeted, as in I'm done for the night. Right, right, because somebody <laughs> must have come to him and like, you can't just leave that there. Oh, my God. So his tweet of I'm out got 2,500, 2,600 likes in a bunch of retweets. Remember when he was tweeting out those videos and those photos of him mm-hmm. like a year ago? Working out. Just like cryptic, little 15 seconds of him, seven-step drop. And then the Vikings finally, in the spring, jumped on the bandwagon and put together that lengthy one with like, what type of... Chariots of of Fire fire in the background. That's what it was, yeah. 
I don't know if it was that. I think we just put that. Yeah, we totally made that up. Yeah. Oh no, I thought they had some type of music. It was like a, it was a, that cheesy. It was a beat of some kind. Oh, never, never happened. We put chariots of fire. Teddy did pull all the Vikings mentions off of his Twitter profile, though, right? Didn't that yes. happen about a month ago? Yes, it did. Yeah, the only thing in his bio right now is just Jeremiah twenty nine eleven and where he's from, Liberty City, Florida. Mm-hmm. And then LittleBearTeddy.com, which I don't know if that's his charity site, but he did. That's the book that his girlfriend wrote. Okay. And then his, so he's got two, you got the big splash background image, which has nothing to do with the Vikings. It's just him with brass knuckles that say love, hate. Or no, no, that's from a movie. And then um, there's another one of him on the sidelines somewhere. So he has scrubbed all Vikings mentions, but yes. he's not a Viking right now. Correct. He's a free agent. Correct. Per, okay, here's And they might for. not want him back, so you don't know. Like percent chance that he's a Viking below 50 now. I would have said, at the end of the year, I would have said like pretty high percentage no, so they're going to sign Cousins. It's below 50% gone. now. Yes. Yeah, I'd say there's a much better chance that he's playing for a team in Florida than than the Vikings as of next Wednesday. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, if you guys want to deliver any more terrible metaphors or analogies, if you were also walking through the desert and hallucinating along with doors. me yesterday, we can open up phone lines for some Ask Mackie and Judd to end the show. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500 from the TCL Broadcast Studios. But let's talk about... The best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities for a second here. Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 Brooklyn Boulevard. And one of the cool parts about Luther Brookdale Toyota is the fact that they will buy your used vehicle from you with very little hassle. Like they're looking for used vehicles in good condition uh, that they can put on their lot and pass along to the next owner. In fact, it doesn't even have to be a Toyota, any make, any model. You can stop in as little as 15 minutes. A professional appraiser will give you a no-obligation offer. No appointment necessary. Appraisers are available during normal dealership hours, which is open until 9 o'clock tonight. And so even if you're just curious about what your vehicle is worth, Luther Brookdale Toyota will gladly provide you with the current market value. They'll buy your car even if you don't buy from Luther. Uh, So you can pocket the money, take the check, whatever it is, and they'll handle the paperwork. Just click on the We Buy link. It's a little button right at the top of the homepage, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Mackie and Judd now continue. You've trained for this. You're ready for this. On 1500 ESPN. Join Reavers and 1500 ESPN at the Corner Bar in Minneapolis from 8 to 10 p.m. Tuesday, the 13th, for the Ultimate College Basketball Tournament viewing party. There will be basket pong, prizes galore, some Bracketology, perhaps, and fantastic beer specials. Come on out and watch the field unfold. It's sponsored by Dosakis. More details at 1500ASPN.com. Keyword events. We can open up for a little uh, Ask Mackie and Judd here. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. You want to ask questions about Judd's life, sports, anything. High school hockey tournament. High school hockey. Starts today. It started today. It's great. Uh, Double A. You can email to... Mackie and Judd at 1500ESPN.com. Um, Harlan tweets the show. Mm-hmm. Look at the phone lines right now. So, um, people want to ask us questions. <laughs> what are the chances the Wolves sign Brandon Roy's knees to round out the backcourt along with the ghost of Derrick Rose? Can we get Anthony Peeler on the phone? At least he could shoot the three. <laughs> How's Pooh doing? Get Pooh back? Pooh Richardson yeah, back Yeah, first on. draft pick in franchise history. Uh, Roderick, you're on the show. What's up, Roderick? Hey, I had a quick question for you. You were talking about the Twins earlier, and I wanted to ask you, 
isn't this the last year for Joe Maurer's current contract? Yes. If that's the case, isn't it time that we uh, say goodbye to Joe Maurer? I heard some talk a few months ago about extending him or re-signing him to some sort of, I don't know, retirement contract. And I think it's time for us to tell Joe Maurer, thanks for everything. We're bringing you back for some retirement ceremony. But it's time to send you off to that desert you were just talking about. Yeah. Your thoughts. Gate 7. Roderick, I believe you're absolutely correct. My Do they have an open gate? That they my, can... under, my understanding, I've been told that there is one gate left open, and that's going to be Gate 7. And uh, Roderick's right. And this is going to be a story because it, it's a decent story all year long. But you know what? I think we're, we're now dealing with executives who are going to be very comfortable making a business decision here. Not one with the heart, but mm-hmm. one. And if Maurer can contribute and you can bring him back on a cheap one-year contract, perhaps uh, Falvey would. But I think they're going to make a business decision, not a twins decision. Yeah, I think that's for sure going to happen. Like he's yeah, that's fair. And you let the con- you just let the year play out, and if he's awesome, then you can reevaluate and bring him back for eight million dollars. You're and not if offering not- Dozier. You don't need to offer Maurer. Right. If Maurer gets a bronze statue, what pose do they use? Getting a good look at a ball just outside the plate. I think I th- no. I think it's. Uh, it's that thing he does in the batter's box and at first base where he plays with the dirt with the bottom of his cleats. Yes, I like that. And he's like kind of shuffling back and forth. Smoothing out the dirt. Yep. He loves to smooth it's, out the dirt. It's the first statue that they're going to, to erect that's not going to have the actual player. It's going to have a second baseman and shortstop turn into. Wow. <laughs> that is terrible. Wow. That'll this be, is a salty show. That'll today. be the honoring of That's Joe Mauer. That's such an unnecessary drive by. The guy hit three hundred last year. Six four three four six three four six three. Right. Mostly four six three. Yeah. Four six three. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Thanks, Judd. Turn into. You're so. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. mock. Oh, this is uh, we're 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 cranking up the content right now. Todd McShay, ESPN.com, is up to 3.0. Not 1.0, not 2.0. Post-combine, 3.0, too. 3.0, a so post-combine mock it's draft. It's getting real now. Yep, this is uh, this is ready to roll here. So I'll give you a few of the top ones, and then we'll scroll down to the Minnesota Vikings mm-hmm. later in the first round. Number one overall to the Cleveland Browns, he's got Sam Darnold, quarterback USC. He's got Saquon Barkley to the Giants. So the Giants not taking Josh Rosen, but taking... The stud running back there, Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. Colts taking Bradley Chubb, defensive end from NC State. And then Cleveland uh, taking Minka Fitzpatrick, safety from Alabama. Josh Allen, six to the Jets. Where's Josh Rosen? Baker Mayfield, 11 to Miami. Still know Josh Rosen. Really? He's got Josh Rosen. This would be, boy, if you're the Cardinals and this happens... He's got Josh Rosen falling all the way to the Cardinals at 15. Oh. Arizona, tough to predict right now. If they sign a quarterback like Keenum or Bridgewater, another veteran, they could go in another direction. If they don't address the position, blah, 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 blah. But that's, that's a long fall for uh, for Josh Rosen. All right. Down to number 30. Minnesota Vikings. According to Todd McShay 3.0, select interior offensive lineman from Ohio State, Billy Price. I want to mock. Mock. McShay writes, one way or another, Minnesota will solve its starting quarterback situation through free agency. With that in place, there aren't a lot of holes on the roster. 
Minnesota had great success with 2017 third-round pick Pat Elfline. So they go back to the Buckeyes. Well, here, uh, Price Torres Peck at the combine and underwent surgery, but he should be fine for training camp. He's an experienced starter with great character and could be an immediate upgrade. All right. Guy falls that I mean, he falls down to 30. I'd have to say the price is right. Wow. Wow, there it is. Right there. I want to mock. Mock! I want to mock. Mock! But that's not the only prominent mock draft on the stove today, Dave Harrigan. <laughs> Most certainly not. Daniel Jeremiah's mock 2.0, the post-combine mock. He's got to catch up. McShay's on 3.0, okay? Yeah, he's, he's a slow cooker, okay? Slow cook it. That's just fine. Get the crock pot out. Let's have this thing, Daniel Jeremiah. A lot of similarities at the top. Sam Darnold, 1. Saquon Barkley, 2. Bradley Chubb, 3. Minka Fitz, Fitzpatrick, 4. He goes Josh Allen to the Broncos at five. Wow. Hmm. Josh Rosen goes to the Jets at six. Hmm. You mentioned Baker Mayfield. He doesn't go till 16 to the Ravens. And at number 30, your Minnesota Vikings select center slash guard out of Ohio State, Billy Price. I want a mock. I want to Meat and potatoes. A little plagiarism going on here? I mean, maybe some alterations made, but this is ve- that's very similar. I really like it because any defensive tackle that wants to get through the line, they're going to have to pay the price. <laughs> <laughs> Never want to be accused of bad puns again. There's going to be... So, if, after if, this. if they draft Price and have Diggs, I mean, <laughs> and, and bring Case Keenum back, so many puns. It'll oh. just be an endless sea of puns. We'll never be able to have Matthew Collar in studio ever oh, again. I was he would just spend say, the entire show yes. uh, with puns. That would, I think, that would excite the room here, right? I mean, meat and potatoes, offensive line, Billy Price, sure, yeah. Sure. Now, so he tore the peck at the combine. Is that right? Yeah, you don't need that though. Is is that what what Fusco told us he did? And and he said it feels like the, the muscle rolls up or the peck rolls up. And yeah, to... I think the way that Brandon Fusco described it at training camp a couple of years ago was like the world's most aggressive. Nipple twister. Yes. If somebody were to walk up to you, yeah, uh, it felt like yeah, it felt like you had to iron your peck back into place or something. I miss Fusco. I mean, not as a player, but as a personality, he was pretty fun. If you're uh, you know 53 guys on the roster, most underrated fun interviews, he was definitely definitely up there. That sounded very painful though. Like him, Cole Aldridge is a sneaky good interview with the Timberwolves. So sneaky that he snuck in a couple f bombs. You got to be careful with Cole. Couple s bombs with us when he got really comfortable, like 10 minutes into it. Be near that dump button. He's a great guy, though. This kid has a good first few years. Vikings look to sign him to a big contract. You know what they tell him? Name your price. We got a show tomorrow, right? I'll I'll see you guys tomorrow. (laughs) 9.30 or so. Might come a little late tomorrow. Now, if he he maybe and his agent are asking for a little bit too much money... Maybe they steal a line from Happy Gilmore. The price is wrong. You want some more? Can we go back to talking about four-man <laughs> rotations, please? In our last 15 seconds or so. Uh, Stacy oh, was right. You know who... Uh, we need time off. You know why you they know can't who... get a fifth guy? They're priced out of the market. <laughs> you know who, uh, who doesn't like the four-man rotation? Old school guy? David Price. 
Stacy, I apologize for my sarcastic note back to you. I agree we should take more time off. <laughs> Get anybody in here. Anybody but us. <laughs> oh, man. Well, if you, uh, if you care to take a venture, you can find our show page at 1500ESPN.com. All kinds of on-demand stuff. Seth Davis was great on his new book at 11 o'clock, Doogie with a Scoop. We'll see you guys tomorrow for some Game Show Friday.